Shalom Obracha, good work everybody. Thank you for joining, thank you for coming out of your way to come to this year. We're going to go a bit into the ramifications and power of Simcha. And we go to specific concepts of it and how Rabbi Nachman explains it as it relates to the idea of doing mitzvah b'simcha. But before all this, we need a major, major hakdama from the Zohar, which Rabbi Nachman touches upon, to see how far-reaching is simcha, and then we bring it to its application in a practical level. The Zohar says like this, Zohar Kadosh at the end of Parashat Bereshit, on the Pasuk Vaitatzev Libo, that you know when Hashem got fed up, how the, how the generation of the flood was really blemished, so the Pasuk says, that Hashem, He was saddened in His heart. So the Zohar asks, or points out two points in the grammar. It says, and not, and it says, and not, okay? So the Zohar points out that here it's talking about what's called Tokpa Dedina. Major, major dinim. What's the major dinim? Vaitatsev, that it means in itself it's becoming saddened, the sadness in itself. Vaitatsev elibon, the heart of Hashem. So in the Kabbalah, always the heart is referring to Bina, which is where Hashem's like Gvul, Hashem's Adkan, up to this point. Hashem's limit is always the Sphira and the attitude of Bina. Okay? So Vaitatsev is, there was judgment, the sadness already hitting. The center, Kivyachol of Hashem's heart in the spirit array, which is Bina. And so that if that's the case, why are you saying Elibo? Say Belibo. You just said now, Vaitatsev in itself. So continue in the proper grammar and say Vaitatsev Belibo in the heart and not Elibo. So there's another heart that's also influenced. There's another heart in the Kabbalah that's called Malchut, the low sphere. The Zohar points out that there's sadness in two places there's sadness in Bina and the sadness in Malchut. So what, the, what does this mean? So the Zohar explains like this. It's the very end of Parshat, Bereshit Zohar. That Hashem gives a person a chance again and again and again and again to do tshuva. Hashem, the person says, Hashem, I want to be a good Jew, I want to come back, and he falls again. He says, I want to do good, I want to, be, I want to do good, I want to be a, a good, good, good person, to come back, he falls again. So Hashem gives him another chance, another chance, ten chances, a hundred chances, a thousand chances, ten thousand chances, then there's a point Hashem says, you know, there's only so much we can give you chances. You keep on, every year, your Yom Kippur, you start again, and you want to take upon yourself, and you try again, and things happen in the year, that you have an uplifting Hitorah if it's Hanukkah, if it's Pesach, and you say, I want, to be, I want to make a commitment to become a better Jew, no more schmutz, no more this, no more garbage, I want to change, and you fall again, and it happens again and again, and Kivyachol, the Sphira of Malchut, says, we give up on you, that's it. There's only so much we can handle in our Beit Din, at this level of Malchut. But the person is mitakesh. She says, I can still do tshuva, and I know there's still hope, but uh, you're giving up on me. So Malchut says, okay, we're taking you to a higher level, to the level of Bina. So Bina is like the higher court. We'll, we'll take your case to now a higher office, a higher level. So Bina now starts again the process. Okay, we'll give you another chance. So again, now, after finishing all the chances by the lower sphere of Malchut, a person now is trying to do tshuva, and he falls again. He stumbles again. He starts and falls again until reaches a point where even at Bina, 
which you would think that's that's the maximum, that's like the 50th level or something, that at that high level, there should always be rachamim, especially that Chazal teach us, and, you know, end of Ramit Bifni Tshuva, that Tshuva is one of the things that Koreat Kol Gzardinim, nothing stands in front of Tshuva, that's what we're taught in Chazal. But the Zohar says that Kivyachol, when a person has tried again and fell, fallen, tried again and fallen, that even the source, the source of Tshuva, which you would think, you know, it's endless, there's a limit, Adkan. We gave you thousands of chances in your life and you are not doing it. We have no other alternative than to execute punishment. So the Zohar says that's hinted to in the Pasuk before, or right after, sorry. Vayinachem Hashem ala ra'ah. Okay? It says there, by, part, by end of Parshat Bereshit, that Hashem was vayitatsev elibo, he got sat in, and then vayinachem. The Zohar takes one of the two, two perushim of Rashi on that pasuk. Rashi brings two perushim on the word Vainachem. One that the Zohar builds on is consolation. That Hashem, kilu shatakos shel tanchumim, Hashem, he took consolation already. Meaning what? That now a person comes knocking on the door again to ask Hashem to do tshuva. Hashem says it's too late. It's too late. I already took consolation already by allowing, activating punishment against you from Bina. Because Bina in the Kabbalah is the source of the dinim against the person. It's where a person tries to interact with Hashem to activate compassion and hope. But at the same time, then when a person doesn't succeed to activate the hope, that's where the judgment comes from. That's what the Zohar says. Dinim mitarin mina. That the dinim come from the level of Bina. Okay? So, Vainachem alara. The Zohar says something very scary. After, afterwards, is it Hashem? It wounds the floor. Yeah. So the, the, the Zohar says that Hashem kivyachol, as if to say, he says it's too late. You want to do tshuva? I already now took consolation. Nichamti. I now not nichamti. I took consolation that now there's no hope for you to do tshuva. The Zohar says this statement that can reach a level. Yes, Chazal teach that nothing stands for a tshuva. Yes, but I, I, until when? At what point? You keep on following the same, the same scenario that you want to come back and you fall again. You want to come back. In the morning you're a malach, at night you're a galach. In the morning you're a malach, at night you're a galach, right? You're doing good things and you fall again. How many times? How many years? You made a commitment at 12 years old, at 15 years old, at 20 years old, and look where you are now. You didn't get anywhere. And on Ajab, it's even worse. How many more chances can we give you for things to work out? Okay? So the Zohar says, this is what's called tokef hadin, Severe judgment, where at that point even tshuva doesn't help. Comes Rabbi Nachman and he opens up an opening. Even in such a scenario, there is something that can bypass even tshuva, and that's simcha. Okay? Because the root of simcha comes from a source way above even bina. It comes from the or and sof, the unlimited, endless, infinite light of Akadosh Baruch Hu. And the proof to that is the verse that David Amalek says in Tehilim, Natata simcha belibi. Okay? Here the lev of Hashem, Kilu is Bina, and also Malchut. And the Pasuk says, the King David is saying in the verse, you placed simcha into my heart, which is Bina and Malchut. If you're saying now, you placed, I mean, it's not rooted in the lev. If Hashem, you're placing, it makes sense you're placing from a higher level down to the heart, which is Bina. Okay? Meaning that the Simcha is rooted at a much higher level. I mean, Nachman teaches that even if a person has a big X on him, by everybody, even not just by people in this world, but he knows that in Beit Din and Shemaim, I'm finished. I'm finished. After all the goodness Hashem did to me in my life, and I did what I did, 
in my life, uh, to him, I, I, I went against him and did the wrong things, for sure I'm finished. For sure there's an X on me. So it comes in, along and he teaches Rabbi Nachman that simcha has the power to bypass it. It's like for an, an analogy. A person has been sentenced to death. Okay, he's in the prison cell, waiting for the day that they, they, they take him out to hang him. And like is the customary to do in the, on all, all countries, they ask the person, do you have a last request? So the person says, I have a last request. I want you to bring in front of me all of the ministers and the officials who were on my case to sentence me to death. I want you to bring them in front of me and I want to tell them jokes for one hour. So, they, so, so he's telling them jokes for one hour, okay? And at the end of one hour, the hour's up, you know? And they're all cracking up. <laughs> and they say, how can we kill such a guy? You know, listen, it doesn't make sense. He's such a good guy. He makes us laugh like this. He brings us such simcha. They say, you know what? Let's write him off. Just, uh, let him go. It's okay. This is where Rabbi Nachman teaches that simcha can bypass dinim. It can bypass even the worst dinim. It's the pasuk meforash in the Torah, ki besimcha tetzeu. This is the pasuk we say every Motzi Shabbos, right? Ki besimcha tetzeu, shalom tuvalum. And the pshat is, with simcha, you, you will leave. The final geula will be as a result of simcha. This is something people should know, by the way, that people think Mashiach will come out of fear, and we have to do tshuva, and we have to panic. Rabbi Nachman says, no, no. The way to bring Mashiach is you have to have a positive sameach attitude. It will come through simcha. If you meet chazek to be besimcha, that's how you're going to bring Mashiach more than anything else. I'm not trying to scare people. You have to do tshuva. The world's going to be destroyed. We're finished. That attitude makes people even worse. More atzvut and more ashkara doesn't help. What's needed is to bring simcha to people because that's the kibbe simcha tetzel. So Rebbe teaches this applies for every blockage throughout your life. Throughout your life you have tons of blockages. Every juncture that you have a blockage, what opens it up, believe it or not, is the power of simcha. Another cute story to illustrate this is a, a known story, a Hasidic tale of Rav Zusha and Rav Elimelech, the Ha'ilegi Rav Elimelech, right? that they arrived in a little village, a shtetl, and in this village, there was a curfew, 8 p.m. And the curfew meant that anybody who was out on the streets after 8 p.m. would be arrested by the cops, the police in that little village. As a, as a, as a precaution, as a preliminary cop precaution, they didn't want the thieves and murderers on the streets, whatever, so they would arrest everybody, even innocent people, and in the morning, they would check them out who they were and release them, okay? So Rav Elimelech and Rav Zusha, they got to this village like 10 to 8. And they had no time to set up Achnasat Orchim where they're going to sleep and everything. So 8 p.m., they're on the streets. The cops find them. They arrest them. They put them in the jail. The jail cell had in it a big large room with mattresses along the wall. And at the center was the toilet where they relieved themselves. Which meant what? No davening, no kriyachma, no mariv, nothing. You can't do anything in that situation, right? So Rav Elimelech was very sad. Rav Zusha, the older brother, who was known always being the Freilech, Rav Zusha, the Heilig, Rav Zusha, was always B'Simcha. He came to Rabbi Melech, he said, No, my brother, why are you so sad? He said, look, no davening, no kriyat I'm supposed to be, I can't die. We can't, we can't even say Torah. We're stuck all night in the cell, nothing. You took away my, my highest, my life. So he couldn't tell him the halacha meforash, because it's in the place of, uh, of, of a smell, of a stench of, of, of the Beit Kiseh. But he hinted to him the halacha and the Shulchan Aruch, that when... You're, you have to do a mitzvah like Davin or Kriyachma, and you're in a scenario in a place where you can't do it, right? So you say, 
Yeratzon Hashem, I just want you to know that I want to do this mitzvah, but I cannot because of the circumstances. So Yeratzon, that it should be considered as if I did it. And Halacha says, you get the reward. Keilu, the famous Keilu, you did it, as if you did it, okay? So reminded in Halakha, he says, this is your first time in your life. You, Mr. Rebbe Melech, you're Mr. Lachatchila, always doing mitzvot perfect and everything. Now you have the first chance in your life to do a mitzvah that you can't do it and to do this halach and get this credit, this type of mitzvah. He got him so happy that he started dancing together in the cell, in the prison cell. And all the, the inmates, all the sad, depressed uh, Yidin and Goim in the cell, they're looking at these two Hasidim dancing. They saw that they're looking at them. They grabbed everybody. They started dancing around the toilet. So they're dancing and dancing around the toilet. So the, the warden hears all this singing and noise coming from the cell. So he's like, what's the noise here? What's all this commotion? And he says, because of the toilet. And he said, oh, really? So the warden went in. He took out the toilet. So Rosh told him, now you can daven. Now you can daven. What is, it, what is this story? This is a powerful message. The message is that Simcha is not just the means, but it's the goal. And that, that's what brings you to the goal. That's the solution. The solution to get out of the situation, you're faced with a, a stress, a panic, at work, at home. Oh my God, what happened with my kid? The, the Rebbe called me. Oh my God, my wife just told me that this one, she wants to make a divorce. Oh my God, at work now, the guy just told me that he's not going to go through the, the business deal and everybody invested and bought this much. Oh my God. And you're under so much panic. And what do you think when you're panicking? Okay, I have to speak to this guy, I have to do this. Your head starts flying to 20,000 places. And Mistama, you're going to make the wrong move. Mistama, you're not going to make the right decision because when you're under stress, you can't think clearly. It's atzvut, it's daga, worry that brings to atzvut. The Ramban points out, Ramban, Ramosheh ben Nachman, he points out that the Hebrew word in Lashon HaKodesh for the nervous system is atzabim, which same, shares the same root as sadness. Atzvut, okay? What's the connection? He teaches, explains that this has a direct effect on that. That when a person has a worrisome and panicky and sad, like, oh my God, it's finished attitude, it has a direct repercussion on the nervous system. And when the nervous system is not functioning at its proper capability, we can't expect the person to make the right decisions. It affects the whole, the whole ma'arechet, the whole system, and for sure he's going to make a wrong decision, right? So the atzvut here, is a, is a major factor in, in diminishing. So Rabbi Nachman teaches, work on simcha. Work on being besimcha. Take on an, uh, uh, an, an avoda to being, working on the midah of simcha so much so that when you're faced with a stressful situation, by instinct, by reflex, you go right to simcha. If now you're working on it so much, you're talking about it, and you're going into simcha, simcha, simcha. So when you're faced with a real challenging situation, by reflex, you go there automatically. Because you're so, it's in your subconscious so much, you're davening about it, you're learning about it, you're talking about it. He teaches Rabbi Nachman many advice, many etzot, how to be besimcha. And he said, Kanire, the way people are so upside down today, and so sad and depressed and everyone's living their life, you know, they drink their coffee in the morning, go to work and everything's Tisha B'Av and they're just waiting for that once in a year opportunity to have an uplifting lift and then, then we go back to Tisha B'Av attitude and mentality and mode, right? So, <coughs> to always remember, we always get off. Sometimes I get into carried away and we forget the, the point. He teaches Rabbi Nachman that it seems, Kanire, the main way for people to maintain constant simcha today is yes, to act silly. Yes, to tell jokes. 
Even you would think, come on, you know, Yiddishkeit is Yiddishkeit. Yiddishkeit is serious and everything. If you're always in a joking mood, you're never going to get to that. He says, no, just opposite. Because now you want real simcha. I want simcha so I can be happy in my life, so I can be happy when I put on tefillin in the morning, so I can be happy in my davening, happy in my Shabbos, happy in my tzedakah, happy in my, my, my sedarim, happy in raising my kids to chinuch and Talmud Torah, happy in my shalom bayit. I want happiness in these areas, yes. So he says the only way today, the main way it seems to get to that, is that a person has to take on a funny, joking, silly attitude in general. That's the way to get to having true simcha. That's the main way. Rav Nossan, his disciple, explains even better. He says like this, because the simcha, simcha of holiness has fallen to the evil side, to the klipot, to the tumah, the only way we can extract it is by also acting silly. Because by the world, the world thing is, you know, comedy night and actors and making jokes and, uh, you know, very bad language jokes and everything, derogatory and negative. But people laugh at that. But it's Simcha Shel Holelut because at the end of the day, they go back home, they go back to their sadness and depression. It didn't help, okay? He teaches Rabbi Rav Nosen that in order for us to extract our simple of a holiness which has been taken by the evil side, we have to also act funny and silly and everything. But here, there's a goal. The goal is to, in order to take back the simcha and bring it back into the mitzvah, right? So he says that there's no fear of the simcha of acting silly to lead to damage. Because here the intent is that you should, Bezat Hashem, bring it to a holiness. One second, please. Okay. Fine. <coughs> so th- this he teaches is why a person needs mainly the Eitzah of acting silly. The Gemara says in Masechet Brachot, Daf Lamed, that there was uh, two Tanaim, two Amoraim, I think it's Rabbi Zera and Abaye, that they were put on tefillin and they were extremely happy. They were extremely happy, the Gemara says, that they were too much happy. Like they were jo- joking and happy about it. So they were asked, one was asked by his Talmud, and one was asked by his Rebbe. You know, there's Psukim, Vigilu Birada, it says, that the Pasuk says in Tehilim, you should rejoice, but with trepidation. You have to have a limit. Here you're acting super duper funny. The Mefarshim and the Gemara say there, that yes, they had the Tefillin on, and they were acting silly, like they were dancing with the Tefillin on, you know, making funny faces and everything. They were acting really funny. So the, 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 the Talmud and the Rebbe, they were shocked. He said, were you, were you so acting overdoing it you're not the, the, the famous uh, Chazal that's a forbidden person not to have you're not allowed to have a full laughter in this world you have to have a limit on that so they answered no it doesn't apply to me because I have Tfilin on my head I'm happy because I have the Tfilin on my head so the Mefarshim I think it's the Rashba he explains he says something amazing he says when it comes to what's called Simchata Mitzvah that you're happy because of something in Yiddishkeit. You're happy that Boko Hashem, I'm not a goy. You're happy because I put on tefillin today. Happy, I woke up on time. I said, Modani, you're happy about things that are connecting you to Hashem. It's not that you're happy about physical things exclusively. Even if you're happy about physical things, but because it's for a mitzvah. Thank you, Hashem. I bought a new house so I can do achanasat orchim and I can do Talmud Torah. And I mean it. I'm not just saying it. I really mean it. That I can have a nice house so that when all these mishulachim come, they have a place where to eat donuts, and Dunkin' Donuts and stuff like that. They have a place, you know, where they, they, can, they can be. All right? So when a person has simcha in a mitzvah, the Rashba says, it's unlimited. There's no limit to it. You are allowed to overdo it when you have happiness in 
any item that connects you to Hashem, the Torah, the Tzadikim, the mitzvot to yourself, you're allowed to go full force in that Simcha Bezat Hashem. So here, and, and, and Rashi brings down, you would think, you know, there's a worry of Simcha, that person, because normally we see people, when they're at a party, you know, that someone makes a party, they start, start, start serving L'chaim and everything, the tendency of people is to get lightheaded, and then they become very lax in saying the brachas, they forget that they said bracha chorna, they start seeing forbidden things they're not supposed to look at, so there's a, a fear that when a person gets a bit of lightheadedness, that'll lead him to do averot and not do the mitzvot properly. But here, in this case, where a person is looking to connect to Hashem, and he wants real simcha, and I want to appreciate, appreciate it, yes, you are allowed to have happiness of silliness, in order to tap into it, that's like that bezat Hashem. So because of that, it is no fear and worry of acting silly and joking and being happy, and to think that this takes away from the seriousness. Because you would think that when you have to go into davening and learning and serving Hashem, you have to have a serious attitude. But that serious attitude can have major, major setbacks later on. You have many people, unfortunately especially you see this by Baal Tshuvas, or people beginning and having a major root and serving Hashem, that they start going very far, very extreme, and they start davening shachris like two, three hours, and they go into mamash dveikut, but it's all of atzvut, it's all like of happiness, it's all with pachad. So what happens is, when they finally hit a crash, and eventually everybody does fall, because you're taken away from this initial light, which is not yours anyways, so the majority of people, they want to get back to that high, but it was out of Yira, so normally they don't get back to it. You see them 20, 30 years later, they took off their pace already, they're not daven like they used to daven, and they gave up already even. Whereas, as opposed to this, if there was someone who did things, but always with simcha and joy as the, as the, as the main essence, the main part, so even when these things are taken away from them, they're still able to maintain Minimal happiness, Bo Hashem. I put on the tefillin. I daven. How my davening was? Don't ask. Compared to my davening 20 years ago, don't ask. It was different. But yet, I'm still happy and I'm still here. And I'm still putting on tefillin. I'm still doing good. It's because they put in the simcha factor. Rav Nosen, he said once to one of his disciples, Rav Ozer of Uman, he said to him, I, I hear that you're very from, because this Rav Ozer was very extreme. And because he was extreme, he passed away young even. He passed away young. He was a person who was able to daven for hours and hours and hours. And Rav Nosset hinted that this guy, he's, he's like Chanukh, that Hashem took Chanukh before his time. What does Rashi say there on, on Chanukh? Because Hashem saw that if he would continue to live, he would fall from his tzitkut and become a rasha. Okay? Because some people, they're, they're good, they're too good, and, but if you take that away, they'll go on the opposite extreme. So Hashem took away Chanukh earlier, and then he hinted that this Rav Ozer also passed away early because he was too much in Frumkai as opposed to having simcha. Rav Nosson wrote to his this Rav Ozer, he said, I heard you're very from, but that's not what I received from Rabbi Nachman. I received from Rabbi Nachman that a person has to be freilach, has to be simcha, and from, and the from, but it has to put, what has to be the main thrust of the person is the idea of being simcha. So going back, Rabbi Nachman's main advice is that a person should act silly and joking. That's why it's so important that a person tells jokes. Yes, to be happy and tell jokes and everything, even if they have nothing to do with Yiddishkeit, if it gets me in a happy mode, that's what I'm looking for. I want the happy mode, so I can, now I can use that for davening, for Torah study and everything. I throw it in everything else the rest of the day. My chinuch of my kids, my relationship with, with spouse and children and, and work and everything, and with myself. I need that. I need simchat chayim. I need that. So if now silliness and jokes will bring that, great, I got it, okay? 
Another advice he gives is to thank Hashem. We know this already. We've heard this so many times. To give thanks and thank Hashem to find the good points. Another advice is to dance. Yes, dance. Hand clapping. Hand clapping and davening as long as it doesn't disturb other people. This clapping Rabbi Nachman teaches is so powerful. He says that when you clap your hands, you're actually changing the air around you into the air of Eretz Yisrael. You can be in Mansi, in uh, Timbuktu, wherever, and in the davening, you clap your hands. The clapping, while davening, transforms the air that you're in into Kedushat Eretz Yisrael. So even though you're in Chutzla Eretz, I could be now in Eretz Yisrael. And the whole idea of Eretz Yisrael, it's the land of Simcha. It's Eretz HaChaim, and Chaim is the idea of Simcha, right? Sova Simachot et Panecha, it's a Pasuk. That, that Simcha and Eretz Yisrael, that's the synonymous. So now when I'm in Eretz Yisrael in my davening, it gives a boost of being besimcha. All these are etzot. And one of the big etzot Rabbi Nachman brings is that a person, in order to have constant, uh, like a constant battery, a source of simcha in life, is that he is attached to, he's connected to big tzaddikim who are always there out for him. That whenever he has his tzabrochen and he has a fall and a down, the encouragement he gets from the tzaddikim always push him back up. Any day, any time, he just plugs in and I can get back into it. He, he shows Rav Nossin, he explains his idea of the Chuban Beit HaMikdash. Chuban Beit HaMikdash, Chazal teaches us two things. Number one, that the Kotel HaMaravi was not touched, that's number one. But number two, that the, the Goim, the Romans and the, and the, the Bavlim, they burnt the Beit HaMikdash ad HaYesod, up to the foundation, but they didn't burn the Yesodot, the foundations. Yesod in the Kabbalah is the idea of the Tzaddik, the Tzaddik Yesod Olam, meaning that when a person's Beit HaMikdash, your Heichal, your mind and your heart have been tampered with and filthied and, and, and blemished and everything, so that your Beit HaMikdash has been burnt, but it's only Ad HaYesod, meaning what? If you have access to a Yesod, a Tzaddik, who gives you constant vitality and a rejuvenation and, and a recharge. So then as much as you burnt, as many times as you burnt, you can always rebuild. That's the idea, first of all, how the third Beit HaMikdash will be rebuilt, is that Bezat Hashem, it wasn't burnt until the Yesod. It's up to the Yesod, but not including, meaning that there's hope that we can rebuild it Bezat Hashem. So too on a personal level, whenever you're burnt, the, the Baldavar burnt me last night. I had such a good day. The davening was amazing. The learning was amazing. It was gishmak. Everything was amazing. And then, boom, this had to come and ruin my day. Okay, burnt out. The next day starts. I don't want to daven. I don't want to have to what happened to me. A person says to Hashem, you know what? Lo mi lo mi I don't want your honey. I don't want your sting. Let me just be a give, a, a give up Jew. There's a term. The Jews have given up already, right? They're giving up Jews. Their davening is in give up mode. Their learning is in give up mode. Everything is give up mode. They give up already and they put everything in the give up. You have the people, they used to daven normal. A normal shachar is half an hour, an hour, whatever. Now, psh, can I know a 10 minute davening? Wow. <laughs> what happened? What happened? He gave up 20, 30 years ago. He gave up on, on even wanting to try to daven. Even wanting, because everyone's doing it and status quo and I'm not going to make it anyways. So, this is the Yehush Chasrashalom. This, this is forbidden. What's needed is to break it. You need a tzaddik, a big tzaddik, to revitalize you with this hope and simcha and tikva. So we have a few etzot from Rabbi Nachman. The main was acting silly, telling jokes, B'zat Hashem. I'll try to give you a joke soon. I hope everyone laughs at this joke. Okay? Uh, also, clapping hands, dancing. 
by Brester, by the way, there's a minhag every day after Shachris and Marev to dance. They dance after the davening to be yotzit, have at least some, even if the dancing is serious and everything, but at least I know I danced. In order to the movement causes some simcha, nigunim, hearing nigunim, giving thanks to Hashem and having a tzaddik. How are we doing with time? We're okay with time, is it Hashem? 28 minutes. Sir. 20 minutes. Okay, I think we'll take a break at this point. If there's any questions or comments, or Harold, there's someone who had a question. He left already. Visit Hashem. Visit Hashem. All right, so that's it for now. And Bezat uh, Hashem. There's much more to talk about and develop this idea. We can go on and on, really, Bemet. But I think for now that's the point. You're at Sonab. Ah, I owe you guys a joke. Right. Okay, so why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> because Colonel Sanders is running after him. <laughs> okay, it didn't work. I thought it would work. Americans, I, 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 it didn't work that much. All right. Yeshakoach. Tiskele mitzvot. Shkayach. 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 Shkay